Do you really talk to bees? she asked. Not talk, exactly. It's more like singing. They're a musical folk. They dance, too. Did you know that? Pox shook her head, wondering if he was teasing. It's quite true. I'll show you someday. Can you speak with all the animals? Those birds yesterday and bees. It's a quokkan's craft to learn the nature of all creatures, trees and grass as well as birds, beasts, and bees. When you know what something is, what its nature is, how it fits into the web of life, you can then begin to speak its language. It's a slow craft. Living things are various, and each one is different. Some mages speak to animals, said Pox. The Quokkan snorted. Mages, that's different. That's like the ring you had. A mage now wants power for himself. If he speaks to an animal, it's for his own purposes. Quaggani, we learn their languages because we love them. The creatures, love them as they are and for what they were made. When I speak to the owl that nests in that ash, he nodded to the window. It is not to make use of him, but to greet him. Of course, I must admit we do get some power from it. We can ask them things, we know their nature, but we are the ones who serve all created things without wanting to change them. That's why the marshal in the Grange is never quite sure I'm good enough for an ally. Pox watched him, feeling that she should be able to find some other meaning in what he said, something that would apply to her. She could not think of anything. She wondered when he would start to question her. He sat back from the table and looked at her. Well, now, your clothes are drying on the bushes out there, but they'd be clammy yet. You'll be more comfortable outside in something other than that robe, I dare say. He rose and went to a chest near the wall. This will fit close enough. He held out homespun trousers with a drawstring waist and a linen shirt. Come outside when you're ready. I want to show you something. He went out the door and shut it behind him. Pox looked at the clothes. They were creased, as if they'd been in the chest a long time. She fingered the cloth, looking nervously at the windows. She looked for the passage beside the fireplace, but the panel was closed, and she couldn't find the touch lock. At last, she sat on the floor beside the table, breathing fast, and changed from the robe to the pants and shirt. She put on her belt over the shirt and looked for her dagger. It was on the table. When she pushed on the door, it opened silently. Outside, the sunny glade seemed empty, until she saw the quokkan standing motionless by the end of the stone-marked path. He gestured to her, and she walked across the glade. You must stay near me, he said. The grove is not safe for wanderers. Experienced pathfinders cannot be sure of its ways. If we are separated, be still. I will find you. Nothing will harm you as long as you are still, or with me. It may be that I have to leave you suddenly. I hope not but it might happen. Just stay where I left you. You will find enough beauty to watch until I come back. He began to move through the trees, as silent as a current of air. Pox followed closely. From time to time he stopped and touched a tree or herb lightly, but he said nothing, and Pox was silent as well. As the morning warmed, more birds sang around them, and the rich scents of leaf mold and growing things rose from the ground. Pox found herself breathing slowly, deeply. She had no idea 
where they were in the grove. But it didn't matter. She began to look with more attention to the trees and bushes they walked past. The quokkin touched a tree trunk. Pock saw a tiny lichen, bright as flame, glowing against dark, furrowed bark. She saw for herself a clump of tiny mushrooms, capped in shiny red, a strawberry in flower, a fern frond uncurling out of dry leaves. She realized that the quokkin was standing still, watching her. When she met his eyes, he nodded.